Hello. Hey. 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 Real quick, Real I have a slow. riddle for you. A riddle? A riddle. Not a joke, a riddle. We'll get to the jokes. Oh, okay. Okay, so think, get your thinking brain on. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <I didn't know. laughs> Okay. The maker of this product does not want it. The buyer does not use it. And the user does not see it. What is it? A coffin. What? You already knew that one, <laughs> I didn't, didn't you? Know that one. Dang it! I thought that was no, so I'm just, good. I'm just really, really smart. No, okay. I knew that one. <laughs> Dang it. I'm so bummed. I thought I was like being all clever. Uh, anyways. Do you have another riddle for me? No. I do have some jokes, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> okay. Um, How are you? Oh, I am just dandy. How are you doing? Good. Uh, ultra pregnant. I am 27 weeks. As of yesterday. As of yesterday. Um, which means, depending on who you ask, I'm either at the very last week of my second trimester or the very first week of my third. So it just depends on everyone's opinions. <clears throat> and their definitions on things. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm starting to feel very heavy in the belly area. Um, but yeah, I'm doing good. I feel like I don't really remember when things got really hard with Harper's pregnancy or mm-hmm. my pregnancy with Harper. Um, but I remember like having a lot of aches and pains with Harper and I have those now, but not to the extent that I I remember it. So I'm just trying to count my blessings that things are going really well. Uh, baby girl is doing good. You look Um, great. (laughs) Thanks. Surprisingly, I stepped on the scale the other day and I, I've only gained like 10 pounds for 27 weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm so... I started out a weight. I'm not going to publicly share my weight because that's weird. Um, but I started out a weight. I lost 10 pounds and then I gained that 10 back. So mm-hmm. I'm like the exact same weight as like the day I got pregnant or found out that I was pregnant. Nice. Which is weird because my belly is definitely big. <laughs> um, same. <laughs> uh, also, um, before we started recording, so uh, my brother and his wife are both currently at basic training. Um, they are like a week apart in their training. So my brother is, he just finished his fifth week or he will tomorrow. And my sister-in-law will finish her fourth week tomorrow. Um, anyways, I wrote them both letters a few weeks ago (laughs) and with my sister-in-law, I threatened her and I was like, if you don't write me back, I'm going to resent you. Obviously (laughs) I was joking, but she did write me back today. And she was talking about how Logan, my brother, is, like, killing it. And he lost, like, 20 pounds. And I told Miles, I was like, you know what that means, right? Like, if a man loses 20 pounds, that means his wife, who's doing the exact same amount of work, probably lost, like, four max. (laughs) Because that's how it is. Yep, that's how it is. (laughs) And then on the other side, when a pregnant lady starts gaining weight, her husband joins her. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, babe? How yeah, you feeling? Yeah, here we are. I also feel really heavy in the belly area. No, I'm just kidding. No, sympathy I'm not... weight gain. <laughs> sympathy weight gain. No, I'm actually... 
I, I've been pretty pretty stagnant since like I weighed myself. Was it yesterday? I don't before? know. Whenever we weighed, we weighed Harper. Oh yeah, it was a couple days ago. A couple days ago, um, and I weighed myself. I'm like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought. It's still not where <laughs> I want to be at. <laughs> um, but it's been the same since last time I weighed myself, which was like months ago. There you go. Um, so either I'm like fluctuating pretty uh, consistently, or it's just like I've just been stagnant. I don't <laughs> know. Either way. Um, yeah. No, we both have weight goals that we want to hit, but... <laughs> Mine is... I actually don't have any goals right now because I'm pregnant. Well, you mentioned, like, after pregnancy that you're Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I want to get in shape and, like, feel like I'm not dying when I walk up a flight of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, mine, mine is more so not necessarily, like, losing weight, but it's more, like, movement. Like, how much movement I want to incorporate. Mm-hmm. Like walking this many steps a day and um just like having regular exercise and just taking care of your body especially now that we have little people watching us yes and um i like taco bell okay like (laughs) sue me you know but it's like if i'm gonna have these habits where we eat taco bell every few weeks it's like i also need to show them good habits of like taking care of your body as well and like going for walks and spending time with the gym and just being outside and yada 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 so yeah we um we went for a walk the other day like it was our first little family walk uh-huh. um and we took the dogs as well which probably was a mistake but <laughs> they, uh, did good. they did good they, they did all right uh, we lost their ball but that's okay well we, no we you more. threw their ball into an enclosed like <laughs> field of sheep <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was tempted to jump over but i didn't want to get shot anyway nah. um <laughs> Yeah, but it, it was fun just seeing Harper because uh, along this little path that we took, there's um, obviously sheep, like Courtney just mentioned, but uh-huh. there's also horses. And Harper really wanted to pet the horses, so we went up and like gave them little strokes on their noses. And, and those everything. horses were so curious. They, they were came so, right yeah. to the fence. Like we didn't go onto someone else's property. Like I mean, yeah, we went onto like line. the edge of their property, but well, that, it's not their property. It's like that's that's just the road. Public, it's it's yeah. the side of the road. Anyways, they don't own that. That was a fun little. Uh, tangent it was it uh, beats me asking you how you're doing three times in a row <laughs> on that note how are you? <laughs> all right moving on we're not as funny as we think we are <laughs> <laughs> okay so any other updates before i move on um no. okay um so question for you no what kind of monster loves to disco the boogie monster the boogeyman yeah. oh, boogeyman. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's called not the boogie monster <laughs> why didn't the scarecrow eat dinner why because he was already stuffed <laughs> <laughs> all right um this will be the last one <laughs> what do you call a spider with 20 eyes a creepy a spider <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for Harper to like participate in these jokes. Do you remember when Alira would do that? Mm-hmm. Like with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Alira is our niece, Miles's niece. Um, She's turning nine this year. Yeah, and when she was like what four, mm-hmm. she would tell jokes, and she there it was so funny. We would tell her jokes, she would tell us jokes, and it was hilarious because you know that there was no way she was comprehending like what the punchline actually meant. <laughs> but every time you'd give a punchline, she'd be like ha. Ah, I'd like just start laughing and it would just make us all crack up and there were times where my dad would just say the 
like a joke that probably didn't even make sense like something very just <laughs> probably even just like a fact yeah like hey what do you call uh, a pumpkin in a field a pumpkin something and like that and then she goes ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah she just slops her head off i cannot wait for something like that to happen with harper just for her to like get involved in like being intentionally mm. funny she knows when she's being silly because like courtney and i will laugh at her and then she'll keep doing that one thing mm-hmm. expecting the same result like <laughs> laughter and everything but yeah yeah she's funny anyways thanks for coming to my corny joke corner i'm gonna start calling it that no, i'm just kidding. corny joke corner uh, <laughs> um okay so i have a fun story for you and as you probably would have guessed it's a little halloween themed because it's october oh really yeah i didn't know um like always do you have any guesses before i jump into the story um i'll give you a hint this is i i wanted to basically do a classic halloween story and my other guess is that it is fiction um is it mary shelley no i thought about doing that one though (laughs) is it kind of on the same track as mary shelley maybe yeah sure (laughs) i don't know who is it on i am telling the story of ichabod crane (gasps) (laughs) and technically the headless horseman because we're talking about him too so sleepy hollow yeah sleepy hollow um like i said this is a classic and it's fiction which is not necessarily like the kind of stories we tell, but it's Halloween, so I figured, yeah. why not? It's a it's a classic. It is a classic. It is um yes, I like I like Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> so uh, buckle up. Try not to get some pumpkin pumpkin heads thrown at you while you listen. Too late. So the story it's basically opens up with a note that the tail was found a bunch of like among a bunch of papers. That belonged to a man who had passed away. Okay. So it was like part of his records. The man's name was Diedrich. Yeah, Diedrich Knickerbocker. Solid name. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently he had written this story like 30 years after the story had taken place. So he had written it around like 1820. Mm-hmm. So the story takes place in around 1790. Got it. Okay. okay? So it tells the story of a young man named Ichabod Crane. He was uh, new to town, to this little town called Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow, it was part of, like, a large farming community. Um, The community was called Terrytown. Uh, And it was basically, like, an old Dutch settlement. Like, those are the kind of things, like, how it introduces the town. It's, like, people know each other. People grow up there. And he's the new guy. He's coming from... Like everyone knows, knows yeah yeah everyone yeah. knows about it okay yeah yeah well everybody there knows each other yeah and so now we have but like when you see a new face about it like it, it spreads quickly what yeah. spreads quickly especially in a small town yeah exactly um and so this was uh, so sleepy hollow technically takes place it's in um new york and ichabod crane is from connecticut so he comes into town he gets a job as a school teacher and he is he's kind of just like a quirky adult i don't actually know for sure how old he was but i picture him being kind of like our age like late 20s maybe early 30s doesn't really like have a direction that he's going but how does that become around our age (laughs) (laughs) um 
don't don't put early 30s and around the same age <laughs> as me in the same sentence oh <laughs> uh, anyways so he just has like a lot of quirks to him people described him as being like tall and skinny and really gangly and like they described like his nose as being like long and pointy and just he's kind of like odd looking but he is just charming and funny and like confident in himself <laughs> and Respect. he loves to eat like that's like a big trait of his is that he just like loves food does he also like taco bell i i mean if that were a thing back then absolutely <laughs> he would be that guy <laughs> So he was a school teacher. He also had a lot of like other jobs on the side. Some of those jobs, he would like help perform farm work for some people. He would like babysit occasionally. Um, But then he would also give like singing lessons on the side. So he considered himself a pretty great musician vocally. And so he would give singing lessons. But he's also like, as a school teacher, he was, he was a really good school teacher. And he, (laughs) he had a thing for like, the younger boys that were kind of like the small quirky shy ones because i'm sure they reminded him of himself because that's kind of how he was Mm -hmm. and so he would usually let them off with like with a pass and then the ones that were like the big tough football players you know what i'm talking about the jocks he would like be a little bit more hard on them and give them like firm more firm punishments anyways that's just kind of like who he is as a whole and he was pretty poor and so he never actually had like a permanent home in sleepy hollow he would lodge for weeks at a time at members houses in the community okay so he would like jump from house to house just for a couple weeks but people enjoyed him he liked to tell stories he also loved you know some of the legends that he'd heard around particularly the one of the headless horseman Mm -hmm. but he just thought that was you know, supernatural sightings, things like that were just super interesting. So obviously like my kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> Someone you want to go have a beer with. Uh, or a taco. <laughs> At Taco Bell. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So that just, just, that's just him as a whole. That's, that's Ichabod Crane. Okay. Let, let's get into the story of this man. So he comes to Sleepy Hollow. He's a teacher, yada, yada, yada. And he starts to get eyes for this girl. This girl's name is Katrina von tassel katrina is an only child are you sure it wasn't christina ritchie yes <laughs> what are you I'm doing nothing i had to look up the actress's name <laughs> i couldn't remember if it was christina ritchie or if it was another chick oh um anyway sorry you're okay so he starts to have eyes for katrina van tassel she was beautiful she was an only child and she was wealthy one thing, like I said, he likes to eat. And so his favorite places to stay in town were usually the families whose mothers cooked really well mm-hmm. and who had, like, attractive older daughters. Obviously. I mean, like, young adult man, of course, is the things that he wants, right? As a good meal enough, yeah. and a hot girl to look at. But Katrina was, like, the whole package. Because not only was she wealthy, but she was an only child, which means once she was married, she would her- inherit the wealth. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting here fantasizing about, like, oh my gosh, if Katrina and I got married, I would be so rich and she would make me such good food, like, all the time. That was, like, his <laughs> thought process. But the thing is, is that Katrina was already kind of courting someone in town. And this guy's name was Abraham Van Brunt. Um, he also went by, actually, he more commonly went by Brom Bones. So we'll call him Brom. Um, Brom. Yeah. <laughs> so Ichabod is over here fantasizing about selling the estate and moving to the frontier with Katrina and 
and her cooking him all this food and dug out like he's just daydreaming and she's over here like yeah whatever and then she goes to abraham or brahm and brahm is like he is essentially the jock you know the one that if he were his student he would definitely give him more firm punishments sure. mm-hmm. brahm is the jealous type and so he notices that Ichabod is giving his girl eyes. And so he doesn't like him. And so it kind of starts this like cat and mouse feel a little bit where like Ichabod is chasing after Katrina um, unintentionally just ticking off Brom and mm-hmm. Brom to retaliate starts to terrorize Ichabod. And he would go through like, for example, um, one night Brom and his buddies broke into the schoolhouse and flipped all the furniture upside down and would just like mess with him. Um, no, normal stuff. Yeah, yeah, normal yeah. things. <laughs> there was one part where it said that like he would fill the, the schoolhouse chimneys up with smoke. And I don't know if that was like meant to be that he was like trying to like light it on fire or if he was just like, I don't know, putting smoke in the chimney. I don't know. If that mm-hmm. But yeah, so that happened. At one point, Ichabod starts doing private singing lessons with Katrina because remember he was a, he would teach that on the side, and so he started to schedule twice a week singing lessons with Katrina, and he would intentionally do it when she was alone, like when her parents were busy, nobody else was around, so that he would have alone time with her because of course he had the hots for her, mm-hmm. and Brom hated that, and so Brom got a dog and taught it to howl every time Ichabod sang, and then gifted it to Katrina. <laughs> <laughs> that is genius <laughs> like normal people would go out there and be like i don't know threaten them to just beat them up or something right. especially like jock types <laughs> but like no you go out of your way you buy a dog you teach it to how whenever like how would you even do that <laughs> right. like just whenever he's seen just like outside the window just go oh kind of right. thing <laughs> i don't know but yeah it was so funny so he gives this dr katrina to howl and it, it's trained to howl every time ichabod sings so as as you could imagine that was probably just a disaster a little bit more about brahm things i didn't like mention he was also pretty wealthy and he was popular in the town like he grew up in sleepy hollow mm-hmm. he was the it guy that all the moms wanted their daughters to be with you know and he was just physically fit. And so if it came down to a fight, like, Brom would win. Right. But I think he just enjoyed terrorizing him instead, you know? Yeah. If if we have any, like, of those jealous type people among, amongst our listenership, like, take notes. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, no, train a dog to howl. Train like, a dog to howl. Like, <laughs> if someone annoys you, train your dog. <laughs> don't do the whole cliche kind of crap, like, I'm going to threaten to throw a brick through your window or yeah. something. No. Get a dog, train it to hell every time someone sings. Sneak into someone's work and then just flip their furniture upside down. Yeah. I actually know people that did that and it still blows my mind how well they pulled it off. Mm -hmm. This is actually a couple elders on my mission. They left. So a set of elders broke into another set of elders apartment and flipped all their furniture upside down. And I mean everything. Like they went and like flipped the pictures upside down. They went and flipped all like the silverware upside down, like even in the fridge, anything that wouldn't like obviously make a huge mess. They flipped upside down uh, their desks, their beds, the rugs, everything. And seems like an effective time of the. Uh, I think it was a use P of the day. Time. It was a P day, okay. or according to them, it was a P day, <laughs> which is a preparation day for those of you who don't know the lingo, um, which is basically like a free pass to go and like ha- relax, play games 
go grocery shopping, yada, yada, yada. Um, anyways, and then they left a sticky note upside down on the door that said something about, like, you flipped my world upside down or something like that. And so the elders, like, the, the ones that lived in that apartment when they got home, they were like, oh, no. And they opened it up and everything's flipped over. <laughs> like, that takes time and dedication. Yep. <laughs> yep. When I said that, you look like you knew something. Was it? Have you experienced something like that? No. Oh. Have I, I just have told not. you the story before? Yeah, I think you told me that story okay. before. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think one thing about this story that is really funny, Ichabod and, and Brom, is just, like, keep in mind, Ichabod really was confident in himself. And so the fact that he, like, by, like, normal stereotypical standard, he probably wasn't that attractive. And he was kind of dorky and, like, had these weird, you know, things about him. But he was so confident that he's over here like, oh, I'm hot crap. And then Brahm's like, no, you're not. I am, you know. <laughs> like, it's probably, like, getting to Brahm's head that Ichabod's over here like, oh, yeah, I'll get Katrina. We're going to be married and rich. And <laughs> Another thing to take to take note on is, like, it's not looks, it's confidence that pays off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think to an extent, for sure. Oh. <laughs> it's definitely all about looks, if, if you ask me, but we're not And you married me. me. That's what I'm saying. That's supposed to be a compliment. Oh, thanks. No, I'm just teasing. Th- thanks, no, I No, I agree with you, though. Confidence is a huge factor. I just think it's funny. Like, you could... I mean, people have made movies about this, but you could easily, like, picture these two as rivals. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the littlest things getting under Brom's skin. You know, just like, ugh, he just is so ignorant and blah, blah, blah. Like, he doesn't even realize that he's not even that cool, you know? <laughs> like, now I'm going to buy a cat to scratch up his... Doorpost. Doorpost. That's <laughs> <laughs> a doorpost even a thing? I don't even know. Okay. <sighs> it is now. Brom went out of his way to invent a doorpost so he could get a cat to scratch it up. <laughs> All right. So one autumn afternoon, Ichabod, along with basically everyone else in the town receives an invitation to a party at the Van Tassel farm. So Katrina's family farm. Ichabod was really excited. So he dismissed his students early and went home and like got all ready and he needed to borrow a horse. And so he borrowed a horse from uh, the people he was staying with at the time. And he put on like his only suit and like did his hair and like got all ready. Uh, And the horse that he borrowed, his name was Gunpowder. And the thing is, is that Gunpowder was a great horse, but the saddle itself was too high. Um, And so he could get on it just fine, but like the stirrups where your feet sit were too Mm. high. And so, and he's tall. And so he's sitting there and his knees are like up by his shoulders practically, (laughs) you know? Um, Basically, uh, what did it say? It says he looked like a grasshopper as he was riding (laughs) it because his legs were so propped up, right? But... Gunpowder was a good horse. Uh, he was like old and scruffy and grumpy, whatever. But and he's also blind in one eye. So he wasn't like the most attractive horse, but he was like loyal and like had been the family horse for a long time kind of thing. So he was proud to take this horse with him. And he was so excited to go see Katrina and go out for the night that he didn't even care that he looked so dopey on this horse. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm hot stuff. I make um, grasshoppers look good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what he's thinking. Well, and the whole ride over, he was just so consumed of the thought of, like, how he was going to go impress Katrina. And, like, he seriously was thinking about, like, food and wealth and Katrina and, like, all these things. And 
Normal, um, normal guy stuff. <laughs> yeah. So he gets to the party. It's in full sprint, full swing when he arrives. Um, Brom showed up, of course, on his valiant steed. And Brom is like a prize horse racer or whatever. Or I don't know. So his, in comparison, Brom is like pristine with his pristine horse. Like no flaws. Uh, everything is perfectly tailored. He has this muscular horse and there's this muscular man, whatever. And so you'd think that Ichabod would be intimidated. And of course, Brom is probably like puffing up his chest a little bit like, oh, Ichabod is here. Um, <laughs> but Ichabod is so like, he has like one track mind, this guy. He skips the socializing and just goes straight to the table of food and just spends like the first hour at this party just eating the food. Um, and he's just as happy as can be, just like loading up plate after plate and just diving into it. Uh. Um <laughs> Anyways, that, that would also be really annoying on like <laughs> Brahms' side. It's like you set up all these things to like, even just like the little inconveniences, like just make his life a little bit more miserable. He's but over he's here like, like I oh, wi- food. He's like, I whitened my teeth to show off to you or something like that. You know what I mean? Like or whatever they did back in the seventeen nineties. I Chewing combed some my hair, and you don't even flinch. I invented deodorant so I would smell better than you. <laughs> So, of course, as he eats, he kind of gets, like, that full high where you're just, like, happy-go-lucky. And he's over here like, oh, I'm going to win over Katrina tonight and blah, blah, blah. And then everybody sits down to start sharing stories. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm here for this because, you know, he likes the stories. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on. Before this part, uh, there they did, like, uh, a bunch of, like, dances. This is after he had eaten. So, of course, he's, like, drunk on... Like, not literal alcohol, but he's just, like, drunk on, like, that feeling of, like, he's full, he's happy, mm-hmm. he ate as much as he wanted, and now he's going to go win over Christina, or Katrina. And so Mouthful he... <laughs> Thank you, so he goes and just starts, like, dancing the night away, and that's another thing that just ticks off Brom, is because he's just, like, is dancing without a care in the world. And he's probably not even that good of a dancer, but he, in his mind, he thinks he is. Yeah, it's the And conference. so he's dancing with Katrina... And Brahm's just in the corner, like, watching him angrily. Like, that's basically what's happening. So, anyways, now everyone sits down to tell stories. And some of the people, they're telling, like, exaggerated tales about, like, when they were soldiers in the uh, American Revolution. Then they start telling more of, like, creepy things that have happened. And it starts to turn into, like, ghost stories and legends and yada, yada, yada. And, of course, like... Ichabod, like, he shares his own stories, but as you can probably imagine, like, when you tell ghost stories for long enough, you start to get creeped out no matter how confident you are. Mm-hmm. You kind of, like, get that, like, ick. So Ichabod's starting to feel, like, a little uneasy, just, like, the night's starting to die down, and he's like, you know what? I think I'm ready to kind of call it a night. So he's he's ready to go shoot his shot with Katrina and then hit the hay. Uh, and so he... At, basically, at this point, he goes to Katrina. I think I keep calling her Christina. It's Katrina. Because um, of Christina Ritchie. <laughs> probably. Because you said that earlier. <laughs> She's the one who plays Katrina in the movie. Oh, really? But, yeah. Continue. Gotcha. Yeah. So he goes to, like, win her over, basically, like, kind of shoot his shot for real. Um, and like I said, this whole time, he's just been so confident. Like, this is his future. He's going to marry her, yada, yada, yada. Um, the person who wrote this story... Like the guy at the very beginning, um, Deirdre Knickerbocker. Yep. 
he claims that nobody knows what was actually said in that conversation. However, the conversation was short and it ended with what seemed to be a rejection. And Ichabod kind of turns away and his whole demeanor changed. So now he is tired. So confidence doesn't always pay off. Right, yeah. So now he's tired. He is dejected, literally like rejected. And people speculate that Katrina used kindness and a little bit of flirtation towards Ichabod to kind of like lead him on, but with the intention of making Brom jealous. Like I think she liked that attention. Um... And so people speculate that like Ichabod had a lot more confidence than he should have because of Katrina kind of leading him on. Um, anyway, so now he is rejected. This is like um, high, high school drama stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Young adults in a small town, for sure. Um, he's a little spooked from the stories. He is no longer feeling completely full and stuffed with all the good foods. You know, he's just tired. He's ready to go home. He's, you know, he's done. So he starts going home in the dark and he climbs on uh, that old horse. Gunpowder. Gunpowder. Thank you. And... He goes home alone, and it's dark. It's 1790. At most, he had a lantern, but I don't even know if he had that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And he starts hearing noises on the side of the road. And, of course, he's already pre-freaked out. So then he starts getting a little bit more creeped out, and he starts trying to get gunpowder to go faster. He's, like, kicking him, and gunpowder's just, like, kind of trudging along, and He's starting to pull his jacket a little tighter and he's freaking out a little bit. Uh, And then he uh, uh, he hears something in the woods behind him and he kicks gunpowder and the horse stumbles a little bit off of the road. And then he notices like to the side is there's a big figure, a tall figure um, that was also riding alongside him in a horse on a horse. And he slows to let the person pass but the rider keeps pace with him. And so he and Gunpowder get back on the road and they're getting closer to those other horsemen. And that's when he gets a good look at him, look at him and he notices that this horseman does not have a head. Huh. And he is absolutely horrified. You know, his heart drops to his stomach because he notices not only does this person not have a head, but the head is in his lap. Like he's carrying the head in his lap. And so immediately he becomes absolutely terrified. Uh, He kicks gunpowder as hard as he can and gunpowder begins to run. And so at that point, he just wants to get away from this thing and get home. But he realizes that this headless horseman is chasing him. Oh, geez. And so this chase ensues. Ichabod can barely hold on because his feet are so high up on this saddle, but he's holding on for dear life. Um... But he sees the church bridge up ahead, which part of the legend of the Headless Horseman is that he never crosses the church bridge. Mm -hmm. He stays in the forest. And so he sees it and he's like, okay, this this horseman is going to disappear as soon as I cross this bridge and we'll be in the clear. He crosses the bridge and the horseman follows. Oh. And he's like, what the heck, you know? And of course, he's just sweating and probably shaking and all the whole thing um that's probably sore from the uncomfortable saddle (laughs) right he probably has so much adrenaline so he looks over his shoulder as he reaches the bridge but the horseman does not disappear instead instead the horseman follows 
and then throws his head at Ichabod. <laughs> I'm sorry. That would be terrifying, but just, I'm just picturing it. It's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. The blow knocks Ichabod off of his horse and to the ground. The next day, the family who hosted him, who are the owners of Gunpowder the Horse, find Gunpowder had returned to the house alone with no saddle and no Ichabod. And Ichabod was nowhere to be found. And he also did not show up to school the following day to teach. The townspeople, of course, are concerned, so they conduct a search, and that leads them to the church bridge. At the church bridge, they find Ichabod's hat and a smashed pumpkin, but no Ichabod. Like, he was just gone. His disappearance soon became another legend of Sleepy Hollow, and some believe that he was taken by the Headless Horseman. Others suspect that Brom played a trick on him. And Brom, fast forward, eventually marries Katrina. And he always, he goes on in life to tell this story at parties. And he thinks it's hilarious. This whole legend of Ichabod getting chased through the forest and the pumpkin being smashed and blah, 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 blah. And then people later started hearing rumors that Ichabod just was but hurt from the rejection so he moved back to connecticut and became like a, a successful lawyer and like went on and had like a good career and that he is well and alive and so the end of this postscript from Diedrich knickerbocker he claims to have transcribed the story as he heard it as if he were a spectator at a party so he's at a party and he's hearing this story from someone else right and then he's writing it down this person tells the story and is laughing about it and laughing about Ichabod and and how he's just a fool who got chased through the forest and yada, yada, yada. And he said, there's three lessons that come from this story. The first is to all, to take a joke as we find it. Second is competing with someone who is sure to beat you is foolish. And third, that some losses in life lead to better opportunities in the future. And so without any actual conclusion it's spectated that the person telling the story is Brom. Especially because at the end of the transcript, there's mention of a man in the corner who's shaking his head, looking really annoyed at the story, who is tall and skinny and gangly. Has a weird looking nose. Has a weird looking nose, yeah. <laughs> Eating food. <laughs> this older man who is annoyed by the story. And so it's just speculated that Brom thinks that this is all funny, fun and games. And Ichabod lives his life being like, Brom, you suck. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's never confirmed if it's actually, you know, the Headless Horseman that chased him or if it was actually Brom. I personally think that it was Brom with the story. But that, in a nutshell, is the legend of Sleepy Hollow and the story of Ichabod Crane. Nice. What are your thoughts? (laughs) I don't know. I was, was, in my mind, I was picturing, like, someone, like, Winnie the Bish <laughs> <laughs> and his pranks like either it's too much where like you hire someone to play a headless, headless horseman throw a pumpkin at him almost kill him and it's funny <laughs> but then like on the other hand you're doing these little things like just teaching a dog to howl or on the other hand you're just putting smoke in their chimney yeah <laughs> it's like that's where it goes <laughs> I lit your fire <laughs> <laughs> your house is warm now for when you get home <laughs> yeah yeah, so, um, I don't know, did you think, 
obviously we know this is a fictional story like what ichabod crane does not actually exist um and neither does brahm or katrina or anything like that they are uh based off of real people yeah i knew uh, i know a few uh ichabod cranes oh yeah (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs) the story of like the legend of sleepy hollow was written by washington irving or yeah irving Oh. Who is an American short story writer. Why does his name sound familiar? Washington Irving. He wrote other stories like Rip Van Winkle. Yeah, he just is kind of a famous writer. I don't know everything he's written. So he was a a famous short story writer back in the day. And so obviously like he fabricated this story, but apparently around the end of the 1700s he moved to a small town that they assume is what he based sleepy hollow off of and some of the characters in the story are like based off of people that he knew in real life Mm -hmm. and so um and obviously like he didn't come up with the story of the headless horseman so that was incorporated like that part is technically like the only truth to it even though that's a legend itself right if that makes sense so the headless horseman is actually pretty interesting um just a quick little synopsis of it it is folklore um, that has been around since as early as, I think, the 1400s. Depending on the legend and where it's told, the horseman is either carrying his head or missing his head altogether. And in the versions where he's missing his head, he is searching for it. So that's like his purpose mm-hmm. is he's looking for his head. And so in Ireland, it's he is referred to as the Dolahan, which is also known as the Dark Man. And he is a headless demonic fairy who is usually riding a horse and carrying his head under his arm. And he wields a whip from that he made from a human spine. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Love that. And then when he stops riding, that's when someone dies. So as long as he's moving and riding, you're basically in the clear. But also it's not really good if you see him either. So that's Irish folklore of him. The Scottish folklore... So the, the Scots tale of the Headless Horseman concerns a man named Ewan who was decapitated uh, in a battle uh, on the Isle of Mole and the battle denied him any chance to be a chieftain. What a shame. Which is like a leader for whatever. So, <laughs> which is like, yeah, a leader in this war. And so both he and his horse are headless in some of the accounts of the folklore the horse as well that's Mm -hmm. weird okay and a lot of it has to do with his like resentment towards obviously like the way he died but then like how he was treated in life as Mm -hmm. well and then there's also german folklore in germany the headless horseman stories mostly come from the rhineland rather than using decapitation the headless horseman killed their victims simply by touching them so instead of cutting off heads he would just poke you're dead like death yes (laughs) um they were the grim reaper it says they were revenants who had to who had to wander the earth until they had atoned for their sins sometimes by doing a good deed for a stranger but instead of showing their gratitude by shaking hands the stranger and the horseman held a tree branch between them and the branch would wither and die rather than the stranger cool so that one's so carry a branch with you everywhere you go (laughs) <laughs> I guess I guess if they're holding a branch and that dies I don't know that one doesn't make as much sense to me but that's like literally what Wikipedia says so because like if you're holding a branch isn't that already dead 
Yes. Like from a tree? <laughs> Technically. So obviously the Headless Horseman is written in the book, the or in the story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. And in that version, because obviously like I gave a really short synopsis of it, and it goes into more detail. And apparently what is described is that he is more of like a Hess- Hessian soldier, Hess- Hessian soldier. I'm not sure how to say that. It's your own last name. <laughs> who was decapitated by a cannonball in battle. Oof. So that is... <laughs> Rough. <laughs> last thing you see is just so... keep a cannonball right in front of your face. <laughs> so the version of the Headless Horseman in Sleepy Hollow with Ichabod Crane is this Hessian hessian soldier who is decapitated decapitated by a cannibal cool 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 got it um he's also mentioned in a comic book series called chopper and the only people in this series who can see him are those who have consumed a strange new ecstasy like drug that triggers their sixth sense to the afterlife huh. that's the comic book so you have to be like stoned to chopper. See. get to the chopper <laughs> Once the drug wears off, the victim is safe and beyond the headless horseman's ghostly reach. So not only, from the sounds of it, not only do you see the see the headless horseman, but he also sees and can harm you when you're on this drug. But he doesn't have a head. I mean, some legends he does. He's just carrying it. Hmm. <laughs> okay. He appears in a few films, such as The Legend of Sleepy Hollow... The segment on the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, which is the version that I always watched as a kid. It's like Mm -hmm. the animated one. And he's also in a comedy film called Ask a Policeman, where he appears in connection with a smuggling ring. (laughs) Okay. And this was 1939. (laughs) Love that. He's also in the 1999 Tim Tim Burton film Sleepy Hollow, uh, which I'm assuming is the one that has Christina Ritchie. With Johnny Depp and Christina Ritchie. I don't think Giant Depp is in that one, is he? He is. Oh. He plays Ichabod. Oh. You doubt me? No, the, the, from what I'm reading, I'm just reading about the Headless Horseman. So it was just giving me names of who played the head, Headless oh, Horseman. Oh, I see. So I didn't see Johnny Depp's name. So um, he was performed by Ray Park in Headless Horseman form and then portrayed by Christopher Walken in his true form. And then in 2007, he was on a sci-fi channel film called Headless Horseman. In 2022, he was in a film called Headless Horseman that was produced by a company called The Asylum. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Which is an independent film production company. I see. So yeah, he's in a few video games as well. Anyways, he's just been known for a long time. People have been, you know, sharing this legend for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And he is portrayed in lots of other things. So... That is the story of the Headless Horseman. And then before we go, I did want to share really quickly. This is a list that I found on history.com. And this list is called Nine Halloween Tales and Traditions. So I thought it'd be fun to like give these honorable mentions. They're not long. One of them being Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman. Another one being Mary Shelley. But specifically, did you know that she carried her husband's heart? I think I heard I think I heard something about that. I did not know that. A few of those people back then were pretty weird. Yeah. So this is like I said, this is on the list of nine like facts and traditions or legends um that are just fun to talk about around around Halloween time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so fun fact, her husband, Shelly's husband, his name was Percy. He died young. He was 29 and he died in a boating accident. He's caught in a, in a storm and drowned. And his body and those of a few of his sailors were found 10 days later and they were cremated, but his heart didn't burn. And they believe it's because at some point in his life he had tuberculosis. tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that would make your heart not catch fire. But eventually Mary Shelley took her husband's heart and just carried it in a silk bag with her. Pretty normal stuff. That's disgusting. I expect you to do something like that when I die. (laughs) Absolutely not. It doesn't have to be my heart, but I mean (laughs) an eyeball or like he's always watching me kind of thing. I'll carry your teeth in a Ziploc bag. Okay. That's disgusting. Or like, you know, a finger. (laughs) Another one that is fun to talk about, this one I say with a grain of salt, is that like, obviously talking about like horror movies that are inspired by real stories. Mm -hmm. And the one that it gives an example of is like the Amityville Amityville house, which inspired like books and movies and things like that. And essentially that one is that a 23 year old man murdered his entire family in their sleep in 1974, Mm -hmm. which is horrifying. But that's also why people talk about it during October and spooky season is because it's like so many hauntings have come from that and stories have come from that tragedy. Anyways, this next one is a little bit more fun, but there was a photographer post-Civil War. His name was William Mumler. And he was, he considered himself to be a ghost photographer. He claimed to capture ghosts on film. And what happened was he was alone one day and he took a shot, like kind of like a practice shot with his camera. Uh, and in the photo, there appeared to be a figure at his side who was a girl, quote, made from white. And he showed the, the photo to a spiritualist friend who told him the girl was, in fact, a ghost. And so he was like, well, sweet. And he tried to make like a career out of it. <laughs> like, I take pictures of ghosts. One picture. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is the picture, but this is on history.com, the photo example that it gives me. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's just a picture. Um, For those of you who can't see it, it's of a little girl dressed in white that looks like she's kind of see-through. You should put it in the post. Yeah, that's a good idea. Thanks. I'm full of good ideas. Um, Another one on this list is, fun fact, one of the most talked about ghosts that has been seen in the White House is Abraham Lincoln. Who? honest Abe never heard of him oh my gosh (laughs) no I'm just kidding so for years presidents first ladies guests and members of the White House staff have claimed to have either seen Abraham Lincoln or felt his presence and from what I could tell his sightings of him is like the most reported you can find a whole list of other people who have seen ghosts like that were different ghosts of like former presidents, former first ladies, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But his is the one that is most mentioned. So not the only one, but the most from what I could tell. The first sighting of him was Grace Coolidge, who is the wife of Calvin Coolidge, who is the 30th president, was the first person to report seeing him. She said that he stood at a window in the Oval Office with his hands clasped behind his back, gazing over the yard perhaps still seeing in his mind the bloody battlefields beyond hmm. etc et what would it be like to be a ghost probably pretty depressing do you think ghosts celebrate their death days like we celebrate birthdays i think they do in coco i haven't seen coco oh you should you'll cry <laughs> oh that's a cute one actually i don't know if they celebrate their death days but they definitely celebrate like 
Day of the Dead. The Day of the Dead, yeah. Another uh, part of this list, I think I have one, two, three, four more, is the tale of the original jack-o'-lantern. So the Irish myth is about a man named Stingy Jack. It is believed to have led the tradition of carving pumpkins and carving scary faces onto pumpkins. According to the legend, Jack tricks the devil into paying for his drink and then he traps him in the form of a coin. The devil eventually takes revenge and Stingy Jack ends up roaming the earth for eternity without a place in heaven or hell as like a punishment. Mm -hmm. So Jack does, however, have a lighted coal that he carries with him and then he places it inside carved turnips to, I don't know, keep himself company or whatever. And that is kind of like where the original jack-o'-lantern came from. So it actually used to be turnips. I think some places still do turnips. I've actually heard that before. But that's... I couldn't tell you where, but... That's supposedly where that, where that started was this. Nice. This legend. Okay. Next on the list is haunted houses, fun fact, opened up during the Great Depression, which I didn't know that. So there was a period of time leading up to the Great Depression that Halloween had become a time when people would blow off steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it got to a point where young men specifically were blowing off too much steam and causing issues like flipping over cars and lighting fires to things and terrorizing the town. So in 1933, parents were outraged. They felt like it wasn't safe for their kids anymore. Like, they were literally sawing off telephone poles and, like, vandalizing the country, Hmm. you know, doing things like that. And so that Halloween, 1933, people refer to it as the Black Halloween because it was so, like, there was so much destruction because of it. And so to combat that, community started to create Halloween activities, like organizing Halloween activities, such as haunted houses, to kind of keep the chaos contained. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these guys could have just taken a page from Brahms' book. Just got some pets. They're going to do weird things. <laughs> uh, I guess it worked, though, because, but I mean, no, I'm it's sure... it's easy to flip over a car. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure, like, there's still destruction around, but it's not as bad. People just go to haunted houses now. You know? Yep. You know. The next legend is why witches fly on broomsticks. Oh, this is the one that I read that was from the 1400s. I think the headless horseman was from the 1700s. Anyways. Um, so the earliest known image of a witch on a broom dates back to 1451, when two illustrations appeared in the French poet Martin Lee Franck's manuscript, which is called Defender of the Ladies. And the association between witches and brooms may have roots in a pagan fertility ritual in which rural farmers would leap and dance astride poles, pitchforks, or brooms in the light of the full moon to encourage the growth of their crops. And thus, Witches on Brooms was born. I thought it was because the witches are still women and they need to clean when they, wherever they go. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've seen I'm Hocus. I'm just kidding, everybody. You've seen Hocus Pocus, right? Yeah. So, like, that one witch uses a vacuum. vacuum? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, in the second one, she uses a couple Roombas. <laughs> like, she's, like, skating on the Roombas. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the last one. They're still expected to clean. 
So the fear of vampires was spawned by consumption. During the 19th century, the spread of tuberculosis or consumption claimed the lives of entire families in Rhode Island, Connecticut, Vermont, and other parts of New England. Before physicians were able to explain how infectious diseases diseases were spread, hopeless villagers believed that some of those who perished from consumption preyed upon their living family members and thus spurred a grim practice of digging up the dead and burning their internal organs. Yeah. Vampires. Didn't we cover that in our vampire episode? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And that is all I have for you. Some fun Halloween tales and traditions for you to stir over the tale of Ichabod Crane and Sleepy Hollow and the history of the Headless Horseman. Fun fact. Did you know that this is still in practice today, but like a lot of people do this thing called trick-or-treating? What? Yeah. Never heard of it. Yeah. Anyways. I don't know what it is. I'm interested <laughs> to try it. I'm actually so excited to take Harper trick-or-treating Me too. Year. Me too. <laughs> Anyways, uh, just picturing her in her little piglet outfit. Mm-hmm, she's gonna be piglet like, this year. Tick teat. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna be too nervous to say anything. Probably, <laughs> probably. But then once she sees people give her candy, I think she'll mm-hmm. be fine. We're gonna go to the library. Yep. On Halloween, because they're doing uh, trick or treating within the library, basically for the whole hours of the library, which is like until nine p.m. Mm-hmm. And so we'll do that for a little bit, too, and she'll get some, I don't she'll, know. She'll bring home her parents some candy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think she'll have a good time. I think she we'll will. have a good time, too. She, so we have our costumes already. I'm pretty sure we've mentioned that already. But every time she sees them, she's like, wear that? I'm like, no, <laughs> that's for Halloween. Okay. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, because my, my costumes, it's not hanging up. It's just kind of sitting on my dresser. Um she pointed at like oh daddy's costume <laughs> or however she says it i don't uh-huh. know um i'm like yeah that's right it's like daddy wear it <laughs> like no i'll wear it for halloween okay <laughs> <laughs> so what yeah, did you halloween. what did you think of all the stories they were good yeah i, I like the tale of sleepy hollow that's a that's a good movie i enjoy that one yeah have you seen the cartoon version i haven't seen the cartoon version that one's fun though i'm there was a, I think you mentioned it, like the Headless Horseman or whatever it's called. Um, it was like, what was it, 10 to 15 years ago that this uh, this show came out. But it's um, it, it's the same story. Like Ichabod Crane is the main character and the Headless Horseman, but they're Civil War soldiers. Oh, okay. And, and stuff like that. Like, I, I know I watched the first couple episodes of it, but I don't know how, like, what it went. But basically what it is, it's like, instead of them being in the Civil War... They are revived in now times. Oh, interesting. So there's like a headless horseman going around and cars and you know, going next to cars and stuff like that. Sure, and, yeah. Yeah. Fun. Anyway. Well, this has got me in the mood for some festivities. We're going to a, a haunted corn maze tomorrow. We are. And we're doing cutesy things with Harper first, like yes. picking out a pumpkin, doing like a hayride, going and petting farm animals yeah we we don't want to traumatize our child by taking uh, (laughs) her and then putting her through a actually on their website it says you can't like you're not allowed to go through if you can't independently walk through yourself ah i see so technically we could hold our hand through it but if we have to pick her up at any point she would be violating that rule Mm. so so yeah now that okay we need to stop rambling (laughs) go to bed (laughs) yes cool well happy halloween everyone we have one more episode before Uh halloween actually comes up um 
Yep. But yeah. Uh, happy October. And thanks for tuning in again to the best podcast out there. Catch us on our socials. YouTube is catching up. We have about 26 episodes uploaded. Courtney is killing Out it. of the 60 episodes that we've published, which is better than it was before. Yes. So we're getting there. And after we get caught up with that, we have more plans in, in place for what we're going to move forward with in the future. So wish me luck to get these uploaded so we can move forward mm-hmm. with everything else. Um, and but, of course, don't forget to follow slash subscribe. Yep. Tell your friends. Uh, give us a rating if you have the time. We would love that. That would really help us out. And then if you have your own stories that you want us to share or any suggestions of stories that you want us to share, uh, send it into us at fanmillypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And if we get enough, maybe we'll do a special Halloween episode. Ooh. Spooty. Spooty. Cool. Well, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.